Hello and welcome everybody to the Can You Hear Me podcast. I'm Pav and I'm joined with... Preet. Hello. Hi everyone. How are you doing Preet? Yeah, I'm good. All good in the hood. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Right. We're uh, sitting on a table, list, well on chairs using mm. a table and it's so much comfier oh my God. Yeah. than being on the floor. I don't know what possessed us. There's something nice about being down close to the earth. I, I, I like the idea of it, but... Mm. the pins and needles i can't handle it yeah our episodes were getting shorter and shorter yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had to move back to the dining table it's been so long mm, it's 2022 now <laughs> we started in 2020 have we got a new is there a new prime no there's Next no week. prime minister right now that's true. every episode we have there's a new prime minister yeah that's what's happening right now that's crazy it's been so long but we just got back from a very nice holiday mm driving around the states yeah you did so much driving mm-hmm. that was so nice yeah 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 it was beautiful i did 10 minutes of driving in yellowstone yeah around the bison around the bisons yeah it was so good and then we're back now it's august mm. and prime podcast season it no, is i just made that no, up. Really I don't know. is this be. when people are listening <laughs> august's peak well i think holidays when... podcasts probably right Sitting oh. on the beach, listen to "Can You Hear Me." I yeah. know that's what I know that's what people are doing out there. Yeah, or when it gets really cold, people are indoors, and then what do you do? Can you hear podcast. me? Podcast. So right? I guess it's every season is good. Yeah, for when you're skiing, can you hear me? Podcast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you imagine going on the black slopes listening to "Can You Hear Me"? Beautiful. Yeah. Right. So what have we got today? Cool. We got episode. We got an uh, episode from the Esther Calling season. Which is uh, where, you know, callers call in with a question or an issue and then Esther calls them back and then they talk about it. This one's called It's a Matter of Pride. And basically, the question is from a young man. Uh, I think he's probably in his early 20s. And he's um, he says he's scaring high-achieving women away in his question and wants to know what he's doing wrong. Um, basic, but yeah, you know, it comes down to basically being about one particular girl from high school who uh, he had feelings for, but w- was never able to get into a relationship with. And she was kind of resistant to being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, they really just talk talk it through. Um, it was a very interesting episode, mm-hmm. I must say. Esther was obviously speaking to a very young man who. Mm-hmm. And, and she handled it with such gentleness and mm. were, yeah, it was just such a beautiful episode listening to her. Because obviously now we're nearly, you're 30, oh. I'm like close to 30. No. And when you listen to young adults talk about their, you know, romantic life or how they've had a crush on this girl, it's quite mm. easy to be patronizing mm. uh, or listen to them and not really judge them, but not take them seriously. Mm. And... Esther just does such a beautiful job of like reassuring him to say like it's okay young man you know I hope you find what you want and it was it was just so nice kind of reminded me to always have that level of like gentleness with people of all ages it doesn't matter you know yeah Yeah, definitely yeah she was very uh yeah just treating him like an adult he he is an adult but Mm. a young adult but there was no there was no talking down or anything like that which which was good and um and yeah yeah you are very like sense you're highly sensitive and probably a bit more like um i don't know emotionally insecure at that age probably 
because mm. you're a little bit unsure about things. So you do have to be a little bit more gentle, I think, pe- with people at that age. Yeah. Um, and she did that really well in this episode. I agree. So I've got a few themes coming out of this. I'm sure you do too. Mm-hmm. And I've also got a few questions for you, actually. Oh, okay. Poke into your childhood love interests. Oh, no. <laughs> They're all listening. No, I'm joking. You're, um, you're also... What is it when you have a um, made-up girlfriend? Oh, no, no, no. Please, <laughs> we please. Need to, we need we to don't need to talk about that. About that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay, it's okay, guys. Anyone out there with made-up girlfriends, it's okay. <laughs> Okay, let's go. Uh, yeah, my first theme, uh, it's all about the, um, both people uh, played like different roles. And it was interesting, the roles, when these two roles kind of conflict is the romantic and the cynic. So this, the, the guy calling in was very much the romantic, you know, he's in love and wants to be in a relationship and is just like obsessed with getting in that relationship. And it's the only thing. He's really thinking about and cares about and thinks it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Whereas the girl is very much the cynic where it sounds like she's really cynical of relationships in in general and more focused on everything else in life and thinks it might be a distraction mm. to those things. Can, it's I, just, can, can I pause mm. you there and ask? So... One, I agree that you can be a cynic. So when you've got so much going on, like you're just starting university, you don't really want to take on, you know, a relationship. It can feel too much. Mm. The other op- the other possibility is that you could just not be into the guy and therefore oh. use that. And I'm not saying that's what she's done, mm. but I'm just saying there's a there's a possibility, right? Yeah. For Especially sure. when you're that young and you don't want to have a difficult conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's interesting. Uh, it could be. It could be the, that case. I think. Thinking back, I was definitely more in the romantic camp, where mm. it was just like, you know, just you're just obsessed with like trying to be with a girl in any way, shape, or form. But Ew. Was- <laughs> <laughs> but the cynic. There were definitely cynics in school, mm. like people who were probably looking at all of the other people getting into relationships and being like, you guys are all dumb and this mm. is all a waste of time. You're probably thinking, you know, you, they, they probably make a lot of justifications like, you know, these relationships are never going to last anyway, mm. um, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm, interesting. And this is in your, like, late teens. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. think in my late teens, I was just operating out of fear the whole time I don't think I was I definitely wasn't a romantic I was not chasing anybody I was very focused on just studying but also I think part of that was very fear driven Mm. if my dad found out there were consequences to it Mm. (laughs) so it was it was a yeah it was quite sad and yeah and the and the cynic I think you could um, you could probably end up psychoanalyzing it and saying that it's a defense mechanism and etc etc but you know, essentially what that person's going to do naturally is kind of create a pressure with the romantic by, or like basically like, you know, pushing them a little bit away and kind of making them doubt themselves potentially by being cynical of their intentions. Mm. 
Yeah, then it's up to the romantic basically to prove themselves or they might even wilt under that pressure and then nothing begins. Nothing happens anyway in that case. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that's a natural kind of flow that, that either the romantic can stand up to that cynicism and break those walls eventually um, or they wilt. Yeah, and but it's a fine line because I think you can try and pursue it. Mm you know, try as much as you want, mm. but only up to a point where it's considered acceptable. Like, if you're getting no signs from the other person, mm. there's really no point. I think that's the message in itself. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, he did say that they, you know, he had the sense that she, she did like him, but she was just not willing to commit to a relationship and stuff like that. Mm. Um, at which point, yeah, I think the healthy thing to do is to respect the what's being said and can and just carry on mm-hmm. and oftentimes that can then that proves your intentions right because the other second issue here is um really around exactly what you said right not taking no for an answer mm-hmm. and that what that does is then indicates that yeah you, you really you're in, more interested in getting what you want than you know caring about what the other person wants so so that's so by by accepting the no you're actually by respecting what they're saying Mm -hmm. in a kind of perverse way you're indicating that you actually really do care about them uh, as opposed to just pursuing it you know because in your head you might think if i'm not pursuing it then naturally they'll think i'm not interested in them Mm -hmm. um but it kind of can flip the other way around and it's often what they say, right? When someone is not interested in you, or they stop paying attention to you, then you're suddenly like more interested in them. Mm. It's like being chased and the, being the chaser and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the two points that I have, one of one of them is on heartbreak, mm. <clears throat> because um, you know he he talks about this grief that comes from feeling rejected so towards the end of the conversation on the podcast with Esther he says um they you know they obviously left things unsaid before they left for university and then a year after being in university he went to visit his best friend and the girl goes to the same university as his best friend and he went out for dinner with her he was still very much into her but she was not at that point and it was quite clear Mm. and you know Esther talks about that heartbreak and also they live in the same um, town and when they're on break he tries to make an effort to meet up with her and you know she either ghosts him or says she's too busy and so that's quite heartbreaking you know it's really really Mm. sad and you never actually think about heartbreaks in that sense but I have someone called Dr. Guy Winch who is I think like a heartbreak (laughs) specialist but he's so good with his knowledge about heartbreak so I'll get to that in a minute so the second point that I wanted to talk about was so the so this young woman says to him apparently that she finds it strange that he's so into her and that she was not looking for a long-term relationship. You know, if I told you that I find it so bizarre and so strange that you're so into me, mm. what does that really tell you? 
Yeah, it says a lot more about you mm -hmm. and your, your obviously your headspace and how you think about yourself, right? Because she's saying, you know, I don't understand why you like me because of how I am, right? She perceives herself as being like very, like closed off mm -hmm. and also portraying that she's very closed off so yeah. she's not expecting anyone to still see through that yeah what is what is potentially a facade right and what all these things are cynic romantic they're all kind of just these these uh faces that we put on yeah exactly yeah and so what i wanted to talk about that bit is you know the strange feeling that she describes on, on why he's so into her there's this thing that Alanda Breton talks about you know when someone's so into you you tend to retreat mm. and there's a psychology behind it which is so fascinating so those were the two things that I wanted to talk about mm. so on the heartbreak so the, Dr. Guy Winch he's a clinical psychologist and he just came to mind as soon as I heard you know Esther talk about the heartbreak and he's counseled hundreds of patients through heartbreaks and he talks about brain studies that have shown you know withdrawal from a romantic love activates the same regions in your brain apparently is the same as like when you have a substance withdrawal for instance mm. so it causes you the same levels of pain but no one talks about these things or you don't get a day off from work because you're going through a heartbreak you know allowed to feel sad you're, you're supposed to get over it and yeah, he, he was really the one to shine light on it and for me to take the matter very seriously. Um, and the solution to this is, he says, catch yourself when you find yourself like idealizing the romantic relationship and then write down things that weren't so great. So maybe, you know, there were things about her that weren't so great. I mean, when I say not so great, just things like maybe she just wasn't certain yeah. about what she wanted yeah, exactly. and he wants he needs someone who's certain so that's it that's not very compatible then so yeah. as you as soon as you start making these lists i think you can alleviate a lot of the pain yeah so yeah there's a solution for the man going through a heartbreak or a woman going through a oh, that's really good yeah i think that's the that's the issue right because at that age especially mm. um you kind of are like so attached to that little bit of attention that you're getting and you are so you know you're quite like um narrow you can only see that ahead of you instead of the whole world mm -hmm. um it's probably not just at that age but i think particularly then because you have less experience to draw on as well yeah. um and so you're like you know if if i don't get her to go out with me then there's no there's no one else or something you know there must be a reason why it's just so committed to someone who's not showing that kind of willingness back. Mm -hmm. Where And so you're not really able to look at it as, as objectively as you're saying. Like, just on the surface, looking at it objectively, if, mm -hmm. someone's not, if someone's not interested, then you have to take that and, and move on. Yeah, but it's, very, it's, it's mm -hmm. a very hard pill to swallow because mm -hmm. you can't help but think, was there something wrong with me? Mm. And, you know, am I not good enough? Am yeah. I not pretty enough? And yeah. maybe there's someone else? And all yeah. these things that make you question you. Yeah. But never to think, maybe it's both of us, mm -hmm. you know, partly me, but perhaps some of her mm -hmm. or him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay, no, that was really good. Yeah. Um, and what about the other point, the Alan Baton one? Yeah. 
So the other thing that actually caught my attention was when Esther says, um, she talks about paradox of dating. Um, and this is something that Alanda Botton says, which is, if we come across as too enthusiastic in early stages of dating, we put ourselves at the risk of the other person losing interest. And like, I understand this completely um, from being that person, but also having experienced it. Mm. If someone came on too strongly to me, it would just be like, oh my God, what do you want? Yeah. Like, this is this is weird. Or like you text your girlfriends and say, I don't know, this guy's just being really weird. Yeah. And I'm sure you've experienced that too. Yeah, definitely. Someone coming on to you very strong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I have yeah, on both both sides of it. But it's interesting because it is very much again, it's if someone is if you're that person, mm. um and what you're basically doing is you're committing so much to this this relationship which you don't really even know that much about yeah which kind of indicates that there's something missing from your life at the moment that you feel this urge to feel very Mm. you know in quite a desperate manner and so that's what is inherently unattractive about the person who's like really chasing exactly and this is very early on mind Mm. you yeah but yeah exactly and and it and it sounds harsh, unattractive, you know, in that sense. And some could be, you don't think about it when you're that person. You just think, oh, I really like this person. I really want this to work. Yeah. You know, I've been waiting so long. I've swiped on a hundred things on the app and this is the one that's like worked. So like, then you get, these are the things that also factor into this. Yeah. Um, but still, even, even with that being the case and yeah, it, 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 you kind of lose your rationality and your intuition as well in that in that sense. Yeah. Um, and you're not looking at it really objectively. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're so spot on. So there's two things to this. So the first thing that I want to talk about is exactly what we were saying, which is someone coming across as overly enthusiastic, overly keen. You know, sometimes actually manic dependence. It's like, what are you missing in your life so yeah. much that you need to be dependent on someone so badly even when you know nothing about them so it's it's a question that you need to take inwards and ask yourself it's like Mm. i need somebody anybody in my life you know because i'm so lonely Mm. um so so over here the key is to show that you'd love to have them which is like showing confidence Mm. and then also telling them or showing them that you're able to live with rejection yes that's it yeah the sense of simplicity and i think that's ultimately what esther was trying to tell him as well it was a very beautiful way of looking at it. And I think what's uh, so off-putting is never that someone likes us, I think. What's mm. frightening is that they seem in danger of having no options other than us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we tend to run away from people. And yeah. these are Alan's words, not mine, but I think it's just, it rings so true. Well, I guess that's it. So that wraps up this episode. Mm-hmm. So we will see you back here for another episode of Where Should We Begin? No, it is Can You Hear Me? (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone.